0: You are about to enter a great adventure. This is
1: Strutting from Gorilla. Welcome, everybody, to the twentieth episode of Strutting from Gorilla. Very special episode, as always. We are here with Vito, Mikey Cash, the leader of Men in Mango. Four 430- thirty. Your old men who love to talk about wrestling. And uh, today we have a very special third installment of a series of three. We have the Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels saga. We're going to talk about that for the entirety of this episode. So if, you, uh, if you're into that, keep listening. All right. We're going to start with the early years where they're uh, shitty uh, tag team wrestlers. We're going to go into their singles careers and all the way up into the screw job. And then the reconciliation. So, Mikey Cash,
2: you want to start? Sure. Actually, I have a question before we we start, gentlemen. Matthew, if the listeners do not want to listen to this, do we have an alternative for them? We do not. Okay, so fuck it. Let's go. Great. Thanks, Bobby. This was
0: good. Good PSA.
2: Are we supposed
1: to have an alternative?
2: I don't know, but it sounded like you wanted to give them an alternative. Oh, well,
0: well, well folks, you know, we're gonna it, cut this part out. <laughs> no, well, gonna... no. Listen,
3: no. This brings up a great point, though. If they don't want to listen to the episode, they can always get snippets on our uh, on our TikTok page, which is from underscore gorilla at TikTok. Or what's the other one, Mango on Twitter? What's our handle there? On Twitter, it's from
1: underscore gorilla as well. You damn right it is, Mango. No, you damn right. right. Oh, we have yeah. over 1,500 followers as uh, as of this morning. You could be another one if you just hit the fucking follow button. Just do it. Do it. Hit it. Influencers. Hit button. Well, that's all we got for today. It was good talking to you guys. <laughs>
0: yeah, this was great. All right. Tune in next time. Sean versus Brett. We're
1: very excited to talk about this because uh, uh, most of us are, are, well, at the end, I guess we'll talk about maybe our preferences in between the two of them. Do we like the male stripper in Shawn Michaels, or do we like the excellence of execution in Bret Hart? I think it's a pretty easy answer. It's a great some question.
0: In, some inherent bias already. I don't know if our listeners can tell. What's that?
1: Yeah, let's talk about the uh, tag team shit.
0: Yeah, Lea, let's get into it. Uh, you know, so, so for our listeners, a lot of the information, basically almost all of it, is from the Greatest Rivalries DVD that came out. I think it was in like... 2010 2011 when that came out and it covered sean versus brett it's a sit down interview with jr it's a really great sort of breakdown of their entire careers where they sort of intersected and you know how their rivalry sort of began and and uh kind of where it goes uh it's it's a really good watch and i wish it was on the network but if anyone's interested you guys should definitely just search around online and and you can pick it up fairly cheap Uh, So that's really where we're getting a a lot of the information from. Uh, So starting out early years, uh, it's interesting because both of these guys during the interview sort of talk about being looked down on because of their size. Uh, And even though they were looked down upon, they were still sort of finding themselves in a lot of the main events at that time. Uh, So both the Hart Foundation and the Rockers were often sort of headlining these house shows that you had, you know, Hulk Hogan on and Ultimate Warrior and, and all, all the big guys at the time, you know, Macho Man, all of them. Um, so it was really interesting, you know, considering WWF at that time, talking about the late 80s, was definitely the land of the Giants. Uh, you know, Brett had sort of been watching for the Rockers for a little bit. It looked like he had been kind of scouting them. And when he saw that they were getting signed on the, by the WWF... He was very interested. You know, he wanted a fresh team to work with. He thought it would be good chemistry with him and Jim Neidhart. And, uh, you know, at the time, he you know the respect was pretty high. Um, you know, Sean and Marty were already coming in. This was their second time in the company and were fired earlier because they had, I think it was like they were barely there for like a month or something. The first time they were in WWF because they had that whole issue where they're at the bar and Sean like breaks the glass bottle over his head and like just gets kind of wild. And uh, it, so they already had this like rambunctious sort of like flag on them. You know, they were already like looked at as, hey, you don't want to mess with these guys. You don't really want to like associate. Uh, but Brett didn't seem to care all much about that. He just wanted to have a decent tag team to work with. So uh, they ended up having a, a, a tag team title sort of rivalry at Saturday night's main event. But unfortunately, I think we've mentioned this on the previous podcast. I don't know if it was the Shawn Michaels or Bret Hart one that the rope breaks <laughs> and and during the interview. And, and and I don't know, like I know you guys watched it, too, but like you could see how angry both Bret and Shawn got when they were talking about that because <laughs> they were like the fucking referee just did not understand what Brett was saying about like, hey, Stop the match for a minute, get the thing hooked back up, and we could pick this back up. And the ref was just like a deer in the headlights the whole time (laughs) when they're like both screaming at him. Vito, do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Um,
3: (laughs) I I didn't see it live. I actually didn't even know that was a thing, but it it when I saw it on the DVD, it was pretty funny. Um, and it it was it just goes to show it's like they won the championship, but then actually never it never actually got counted as a (laughs) championship win, which is really hilarious. Um, but you know. I want to just point out one thing before that, before we get moving on, um, we, we, we spent two episodes, one full on Shawn Michaels, one full on Bret Hart. Right. And the one thing that, you know, we, we, we want to recommend, go back, listen to those two, and then listen Mm -hmm. to this, because it'll give you a better idea of the careers and kind of our opinions on it. Um, but what I find really interesting is the trajectory of how their careers started and and you know, then how it blossomed into this rivalry, right? So you have Shawn Michaels, who comes from basically no background in wrestling, and then all of a sudden joins wrestling, and then he's kind of influenced by the different territories, right? Mm-hmm. And he has Marty Gennetti and this kind of like party lifestyle, right? And he's got this charisma about him, and then you get Bret Hart, who's trained by his father, and their big thing, right? If you look at Bret Hart and all the Hart family, is like respect and like industry knowledge and respecting your opponent and kind of going up the ladder. So you got these two different styles that just mm-hmm. clashed with each other. Uh, but it, it it clashed. But then also at the same time, it it like it made both of them better. And we'll get into that as we go. But I just wanted to set that stage going forward. So then they, they you're right. They start with this tag team um, and that's really where this all, all started. And it was two totally different Different styles, right, Mike? Like you got Marty and Sean, the and and they're high flyers, innovative moves. And then you got Brett and Jim ninehart who are very technical. Well, at least Brett's technical. I don't know about Jim well, Neinhart, right.
0: but G- Jim was basically the powerhouse of that group. And with uh with obviously with with Sean and Marty, they were pretty, they were high flying, they were kind of innovative for that time, especially. And um then you have <clears throat> and you have just Jim being like that friggin' just maniac in the ring. He was awesome. Brett uh, talks about in the interview that he thinks Brett, he thinks uh, uh, Jim might've done it on purpose. Like he thought Jim might've like, cause it, the the rope unhooked after Jim Neidhart hit the turnbuckle. And <laughs> he was like, I don't know if he maybe did it on purpose or what. And they're both laughing about it. And I was like, how yeah. did he do that on purpose? But I don't know. He was kind of nuts. Uh, yeah. One thing, one thing I found interesting. And to your point, Vito, that the fact that their, their styles were so contrasting, and even their approaches to the business were were so in stark contrast to one another that it made for a, a they had great chemistry in the ring, I think, because of that. And kind of, a I guess, a peek behind the curtain in the interview, there's a quote from Michael's where, he, where he's talking about sort of the 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 perspective of management at the time when it came to him and and Marty, I guess, too, was we'll put up with them in this area of life because they can produce in the ring. And I thought it was important to write that down because I think that is something that continued to carry on as well, as we'll see, as we keep covering the later stages of their career, that Michaels wasn't very much kind of enabled because of how good he was in the ring. And I think that didn't help as this rivalry continued on.
2: I would agree. Before we jump to the, the, the next level, I want Mm -hmm. to just call out the simple fact that you know, with the uh with the R Foundation or specifically with Brett and Jim or at the time where it was the Rockers, where it was Sean and Marty. Uh is he still Italian Vito? Is he Gennetti or is he Gennetti? Is um it's a really it depends if it's Pasta night, He's Gennetti, you know? Gennetti, <laughs> not a <Gennetti. laughs> So, I just want to talk about those two individuals, Jannetty and, um, and and Jim, for a moment, uh, because that's all you really need to talk about them. I don't know really what they brought to wrestling as a collective, other than simply being warm bodies. I didn't find either one of them to be really any good, and I don't know how they sustained in the business, other than the fact that they were riding coattails and I think that's where the separation and the solo careers for the two really took off because those two, Sean and Brett, knew how to produce in the ring.
3: Yeah, no, I would. That's a really great point, Bob. Yeah. It, it is a really great point. And it just goes to show you how good the other two were that they. I mean, you typically see that, though. I mean, look at most tag teams. You don't really see both of the guys take off. It's very rare. And usually you, you ride on the coattails of one of the guys. And early in your career, think about it. Shawn Michaels was early in his career. He needed to take off. He couldn't just start solo, right? He had to ride. If you think about it, he had to ride the coattails of Marty Gennetti to get into the WWE, really, mm-hmm. um, because Marty Jannetty's the one that chose Shawn Michaels. So that's it true. kind of all came full circle, um, and with with Brett, I think it was more of a. Brett was never the biggest guy, so Vince McMahon at that point loved big guys. Um, that's just what he did, and Ninehart was this like big bear guy. He had that look with the big goatee and that that stupid laugh, you know, and that, that <laughs> and, and he's like he does the prototypical promo, like you just start yelling into the mic with with his like you like you just fucking shot yourself up. You just start yelling into the camera, you know, back then that's all they did. Like just literally, literally that's all they did. So, that's a really good point, Bobby. But yeah, you're right. It it took off into a singles career mm-hmm. right after that and they kind of both of them went sideways and Nineheart never really did much and Genetti kind of just fell off the wayside and uh so yeah, yeah
2: it's a it's a really good point. It, it, but but to to Mike's point earlier, it was how it was done. Brett broke off in a respectful manner. Yeah. And then you have Sean who mm-hmm. literally yep. fucking yep. super kicks him into glass. Fuck this yep. guy. I'm doing my own thing. And then yep. I'm coming out with sensational Sherry.
0: Just yep. the portrayal of each of them is so vastly different. Yeah. It's perfect
3: for, for what they were going to do, but they get into this, this singles career. Right. And you're right. The, the Genetti thing with the barbershop starts Sean Michael's career into this, like, sexy bad boy prima donna you mm-hmm. know type type role and then you got brett hart who's like you know the hometown hero kind of i do things the right way like a semi-pseudo hulk Hogan with a little bit more style
0: you know what i mean mm-hmm. that's kind of the best way that i put it yeah no no that I, i'm actually veto i agree with you <laughs> i know i know that this is a, a You're not supposed of, to do that this episode. I, I know right. I'm not supposed to agree with Vito on this podcast, but I really do. I well, think savor that moment because I don't think it's going to last it's, this yeah, It's not going to last that, that long. We're, we're only at 1992. We've got, yeah. we got five <laughs> years left to cover. Uh, so with that transition, why don't we – we'll jump into a little bit of their early career. So by 1992, both of them were singles competitors. Um, Brett ha- wins the Intercontinental Championship. And in in the interview with with Jr, he talks about feeling like this was kind of a banner moment for him, uh, in terms of just kind of being a carrier for the smaller guys, being able to to carry the load. Uh, HBK actually, he like he asks Sean in the interview, you know, hey, you know, did you did you think that too? I thought maybe you you kind of saw something in it. And and again, you can kind of see that they have differing views on the business right there because HBK is like, yeah, it was great, but my his his bigger uh, I guess banner moment was watching Brett win the championship was the the WWF championship. Cause that was really, you know, a, a lot of guys won the intercontinental championship that were of smaller stature. And, and that was more so kind of a label of somebody being a workhorse in the business and being able to trust somebody to go out and have those classic matches in the middle of the card. And sometimes main event, the house shows when the main event guys couldn't be there in the smaller towns. So I think, that was very much kind of par for the course, even though I think it, it's still a, a good moment for Brett and, and obviously leads to his ascension. But yeah, winning the WWF championship, which he did later that year, ended up being a, a real banner moment for those smaller stature guys to be at the top of the card. Uh, yeah. And during this time, it's something that, that I think a lot of people, we kind of know, but we never really, I, I, I never really watched this match, but apparently Portland, Maine, 1992, they have a ladder match together, and this is two years before the WrestleMania 10 classic between Michaels and Razor Ramon, and I know this is might be a hot take for people who are traditionalists and love that match at WrestleMania 10, but I, after watching this, I like it. I like this match better. This ladder match, I think, is all around a better match.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. Oh, I'm sorry, Vito. This is one of my this is one of my favorite matches uh, out of the whole out of the whole series, and I think it had more to do with the fact that it was experimental for the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, there was only one ladder. Uh, they were still trying to figure out, uh, you know, positioning, uh, trying to figure out where they needed to be in the ring, uh, but everything was executed uh, flawlessly, and I think that just goes to show you uh, the gravitas of of what those two were going to continue to bring years down the road from an experimental standpoint, they could just execute at the highest of levels. It was new. It was different. It was the beginning of the new generation. And it's one of the reasons why I love this era of WWF wrestling. Uh, The match start finish was phenomenal. So, for those of you who need to figure out a way to check it out, uh, it's not on the network, which disappoints me. Very disappointing. Um, but I paid seventeen dollars on Amazon for the three DVD set. So check it out. It's it. Jr's interview for that whole disc is phenomenal, and then the matches thereafter are gold. Yeah, I I, I want to point out with this match.
3: Let's let's put it this way, okay in the Wrestlemania match with uh, or no, it wasn't, uh, yeah, it was Wrestlemania 10, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, with the yeah. Razor with Ramon. Yep. Yeah, let's put it this way. If Shawn Michaels can have a great ladder match with Razor Ramon, I mean they say it all the time. Basically, Shawn had a, a, a ladder match with a, a match with a ladder. You know what I'm trying to say? Right. Let's put it this way. You put in there, because Razor Ramon was not the best wrestler in the world at all but you put, in, you put in a guy who can wrestle in a ladder match, right? Like Bret Hart. Of course, it's going to be way better and it's before that time. So so yeah, mm-hmm. I don't I don't doubt that, but I want to point out the significance of this this part of the the journey for the Brett vs. Sean rivalry. Right at this point in their state, you're right. The everyone's intercontinental champion uh, champion uh, at this point, and it, little guys don't matter at that point. But at this point, you know, you still have all the big guys that are you know the heavyweight champions, and there was a lot of pressure for HBK and and Bret Hart to if they're ever going to get to that level this is the time where they had to showcase their talent and their ability to do that so that's when the heat had to turn up with these two right now they're they're fighting to try and get that top spot the Hogan spot but they're not big guys so they have to have all that pressure they have to be good at what they're doing they don't have the ability to do it with the with their their looks because You know, Vince loves those big guys. So how are they going to do it? They have to, they have to do it in the ring. And this is where I think is a crucial part for them because they both learned how to tell stories in the ring with their work. And I think that's what made them so great at this point. And I also think that's what made the pressure of having that top spot when they got there at WrestleMania the biggest.
0: The, the rivalry even bigger than it was mm. and and what's interesting about what you're saying Vito is at that at this very time it's kind of this moment of this window of peace between the two of them and they're actually friends at this yep. point and they they mm-hmm. both acknowledge it in the interview that part of that that very drive that you were talking about actually united them because they both thought like these old guys they called them the dinosaurs they thought they were better than them and, and so in a way, they were actually like kind of lifting each other up like, yeah, let's just keep having these classics and show them like how good we really are and and how much better we think we are than these guys that are currently being given the top spot.
3: Yep. Until it came time that who's going to get the top spot. Right, right. Until that's where they there. separated each other. And yeah. that's where the clash of not just their in-ring styles, but their outer ring styles really, really hit home because you had Sean who was – I'll do whatever it takes. I'm going to get to the top spot and kind of leveraged himself within the company um, behind the scenes. And Brett was more of your traditional, Hey, let's do it the right way Mm by the book, respect, blah, 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 blah. And that's when it all just blew up. And um, we'll, we'll get into that. I know we're moving on. I'm moving on kind of fast, but I just want to make that point that this is a crucial part because it kind of sets the stage for
0: everything. Mm Mm-hmm. No, no, you're right. And and you know, it's during so like I mean, I'm, I guess we're still in 1992 here, but
1: yeah.
0: October 92, Bret Hart wins the championship, wins the heavyweight title. Then the following month has his first title defense and who is it against? HBK, Survivor Series 1992. And it's it's funny because I personally forgot that this match ever happened. I always think Michael's Bret Survivor Series '97, and you forget that five years <laughs> before that they actually yeah. had, and it was a really good match. I know. Obviously, it's early in their careers, but still, re- really good to see like this first like true singles match between the two, and it's not like kind of a stipulation type of match, but really good match between the two of them. And, and I think just kind of further plants the seeds, I think, in Vince's mind when he sees these guys in the ring together of like, oh, this might be something we can come back to down the road.
3: I agree. Mango, you you didn't you say that one of these was one of your favorite matches? And I think you you uh you actually mentioned the Survivor Series match, right? I did. At uh, This
1: period, uh, late '92, early '93, uh, was a really cool time, I thought, in the in the business. Uh, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels at uh, Survivor Series. Bret Hart was getting the reins. They didn't totally give him. The top spot, it was kind of a placeholder because of the whole steroid scandal, I believe, you know, at that time. And Hogan would eventually make his way back into the main event and take over and stuff like that. But um, this was a crazy time. Brett had a couple, of, uh, a couple of defenses against, well, Shawn Michaels and also Razor Ramon. Mm-hmm. And those guys started were, were definitely, they were bubbling up, like Bobby said, uh, the new generation was, was coming. It wasn't quite at the top yet, but it, it was getting there.
3: Right. Yeah. Well, Andrew at WCW was starting to make a splash here, right? You know, they were they – were, it wasn't fully in effect yet, but they were gaining momentum, right? They had a lot of money behind them, and I think the locker room and Vince was feeling the pressure. So it was one of those things, do we stick with what we've always done? Or do we start to push other things? Then we have the steroid scandal, like you said. So there's a lot of factors that went into it. And I think more so than than regular times, there was a lot of pressure on the wrestlers at this point. Mm-hmm. And even as things start to unwind and WCW starts coming up the ranks, that's when I think that that heat even came on harder. So being the top dog in in WWF, when you get that championship, like you had to draw. You had to draw numbers, and there was a lot of pressure. And there's some people that could handle it, and there's some that can't. It's not an easy thing, and you have a pressure of the the boys in the back, right, telling you and saying, "Oh, this guy doesn't deserve it. This guy does." I mean, it's like anything. There's always going to be people who agree and disagree. So we get we get into
0: um, the the Survivor Series match, and then and then what happens, Mike? Well, I mean, so so then uh, obviously Brett goes over there. WrestleMania 9 in 1993, we don't need to relive that debacle at the end of it, but Bret Hart loses the title to Hulk, to Yokozuna, then Yokozuna loses it to Hulk Hogan, and uh, so then we have Hogan's little farewell tour, and then that's kind of when I think, like you were mentioning, Mango, like the new generation really kind of comes in. Once Hogan leaves, I think that's kind of like a very symbolic time in WWF, and now we get to kind of fast forward to like 1994, right? this is when Michaels himself gets popped for steroids. Although he, he continues to deny that this ever happened, but it's like, all right. So he gets to, he gets suspended. He returns at WrestleMania 10. He has a a fantastic match with a ladder at WrestleMania. Uh, and then, you know, he sort of kind of goes on to his singles career starts to, to take off. And, and we've documented that, uh, later on, we're talking, we go back. Let's go to 95 now. Right. Uh, Michaels and Brett didn't have much interaction during this time. Uh, Michaels gets in that bar fight. He has to leave again for a few months, has to relinquish the, the Intercontinental Championship. But now this provides a moment for him to get propelled into the main event picture because then he comes back, he returns at the Royal Rumble, he wins, and now the stage is set for WrestleMania 12, 1996, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Iron Man match for the WWF title. Um, and this is where, uh, like you were mentioning, Vito, this is the beginning of that once sh- who's going to get there at the top, you know, now, now both of them are kind of uh, on the same level. You no, know, from basically from 1992 to 96, you can argue Brett was like a little bit of a step ahead.
3: Yeah, he Which, definitely was. Makes
0: sense. Yeah, yeah, no, he
3: de- he definitely was a step ahead at this point because he was the champion, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think he he was he had that professionalism about him. He didn't get popped for steroids, um, and I, I think he really um, really enjoyed having the top spot. But again, this was a lot of pressure, right? Because mm-hmm. d- now Hogan has gone to WCW, and what do you do? Now he has to take the place of kind of the Babe Ruth of wrestling, you know. That's a that's a tough thing to do, yeah. and he's a small guy. So he had to not only prove that he was better than Hogan, but he had to prove to Vince um, that we could do this as small guys. You know what I mean? As smaller guys. They're they're not small guys, but they're 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 smaller guys in the industry standards. And it definitely this this match. So I think this match was a great way to to kind of. Um, showcase that it's a 60 minute iron man match that nobody thought people would want to tune in and watch and it turned out to be one of the greatest matches of all time and it 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 really goes to show you now behind the scenes too though there was a lot going on here okay you have Shawn michaels who's positioned himself with the click right and basically this click is able to kind of they have a lot of pull with vince mcmahon and brett what i mean he had the respect of vince but he never, he always kind of was the company guy. Like you tell me to do this, I'm going to do it. So this match happens and it's an absolute classic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about it a little bit in the, the past uh, episode. So I'm not going to go into it too much, but right at the end, um, you know, there was definitely, to me, this was the beginning of the kind of real life, Backstage drama that led into this feeling like a real rivalry because when Michaels law, when Michaels won, okay, Brett being the guy that he is and having that kind of respect factor, he every time you lose, you 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 uh, you hand the title off to someone else, you do the job for them. It's really kind of known that you thank them afterwards, right? Thank you for doing this. Well, Michaels, of course. Kind of the the asshole that he is, uh, yep. he he gets the you, you remember the iconic moment he wins gets on his knees and kind of puts his yeah, arms yeah. up in the air. Yeah. Right before that, he looks at the referee and says, "Give me my title," and tell Brett to get the fuck out of the ring. And so that right there is just the the exact thing that that set him off, and I think that's when we let into everything else.
0: Well, Vito, what do you think about that? the interview where both of them say that this was a work, that this was they wanted to plant the seeds for a return match and that that was the way to do it was Brett feeling disrespected as the champion and that it was I, the locker room that created more of the rivalry at this point than they did in reality.
3: And Vito, I agree. Yeah. I agree, but when you have that pressure put on you to be the top, and all of a sudden you get there. You don't want to lose that again, right? That's true. So Michaels said he would do one thing. And then he said, ah, well, wait a minute. You know, I, I kind of like being here. There's a lot of pressure, but I like being here. And then, I, I mean, you don't just, first of all, that story was not something that, like, truthfully, um, you, you would put in a storyline. It just happened. You know what I mean? It just a- actually happened. So I think there was a, a a real line there that was, that was drawn and it was like, what's what's real versus what isn't real. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of set people off. And when Michael said, yeah, you know what, we're going to set up a return match, but then he sets up the return match. It doesn't kind of follow through with all of it, the way that it was supposed to happen. Like Brett wanted.
0: Yeah, it pissed we'll, Brett we'll off. Get to that. It pissed <laughs> Brett off. Yeah. So cool. again, i mean really what pissed him off i think was what happened beforehand you know this was you know the the resentments began after you know Brett and hbk have this conversation where he he sort of just starts talking about how he plans to work only with like the click members to yep. once he wins the title and, and and this was before he found out that they were leaving for wcw but he was like hey you know once i win i'll just start like you know i'm just gonna like work with with these guys and I know that's where Brett started to take some issue. Was like, well, you know, like if you win, you could just you could work with anybody. Why do you have to only work? Why are you only limiting it to just your buddies that you want to have? Because they're
3: they're manipulators. They're like lobbyists, right? They're gonna do what they do until they get what they need. Yeah. And here's the thing, though, and and, I, and this and I'll get and then Mango, you can say whatever you need to say <laughs> here, but but I just want to point this out, right? I don't blame HBK. Let's put it that way. Yes, I am a Bret Hart fan, but at you. this point, I don't blame HBK. You're going to do what you need to do. You get to the top, and you stay there, and you find a way to stay there. That's what makes us great. It's capitalism at its finest here, folks, right? Like, you get to the top. Yeah, you're going to have ethic values that maybe people don't agree with, but Shawn Michaels brought the sizzle, baby. He brought the sizzle. He put put fans in the seats. He put on the best matches. I think he was a better worker than Bret Hart when it comes to selling for your opponents. So, yeah, I I, I would I would think at this point, you know, it definitely this is when things started to get real hot. If you're on a a, a sizzle scale, this is this is when things were starting to, to boil to the top. I can't
1: disagree with that, Vito. And you kind of took the words out of my mouth. What I was going to say is, OK, so Shawn Michaels, right? He's an asshole decides to only work with the people that he wants to work with. He's finally reached the top of the mountain, right? But what does he have that's really kind of driving him further? It's insecurity. He's not secure in the top spot. Correct. He's like, I gotta, I right. gotta do all this other shit to keep my to keep my top spot. But I kind of blame like you said, I don't blame Brett or Sean for what happened up until this point. Like why they're at each other's throats is because Vince kind of threw them in the ring. And said, "Fight it out like pit bulls." You know what I mean? But think about this. Think about this. Before Sean got his run at the top after WrestleMania 12, who who was getting runs at the top? Big Daddy Cool Diesel had a one year title reign. Vince is just handing things to these big dudes, like you had said. Like mm-hmm. he makes these other guys work above and beyond. Like how mm-hmm. how long was Shawn Michaels the best wrestler on? The roster before he became champion, it, it had been a
0: ninety four to ninety six. Yeah,
3: easily. Yeah,
1: exactly. Mm-hmm. What kind of point? That's a great point. He's the best for two years before he gets the crown, and then what does he have to do? He's like, oh,
0: I finally got
1: it. I got to fucking stay here. Yeah, exactly.
3: One
0: hundred percent right. Right, you and you know, it's 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 funny because you can tell that insecurity also comes down to. And this gets talked about later on in the interview, so that's the only reason I'm bringing it up. But that he wanted Brett's validation. You know, a lot of it comes down to this desire to get that respect from Brett, and and I think Michael's talking about how differently they approached the business. I think that's where these these kind of like mixed signals started happening. Like their signals got crossed, is the best way to put it. And then and, and the way Michael's was going about trying to get that respect from Brett ended up actually achieving the opposite because then. It wouldn't work out exactly how we planned. Brett himself also had his own issues in terms of his expectations for Sean. So then both of these things aren't happening. And now Michael starts getting resentful. Brett starts getting resentful. And like they said, they worked themselves into a shoot. (laughs) Like it ended up, it's it's funny because it goes from like competition to sort of this disdain for one another. And I think that's, you saw that progress, you know, at like later on in 96, once Brett starts even coming back, you know, you can see that start happening even further. Like the, the jabs start happening in these little promos that he's pulling. And I know that they were leading to him in Austin at the time, but they were, he was still leaving that door open because I think in their mind, they had still planned on having that rematch at WrestleMania 13. Um, And so, so- should, should we get into 97?
2: Actually, before we jump into it, Mike, I have a question for you. Sure. Because I think this this goes back to that that miscommunication on on both wrestlers' behalves. But in order to get respect, one must give respect. At what point did Sean ever give Brett a fucking ounce of respect? Zero. He respected him as, yeah. a, as a wrestler. But, but there was no, it, it wasn't showcased. It wasn't mutual. I mean, it was, but then it wasn't. And that's where this miscommunication always re-stems.
0: And, and let me let me again reference the quote earlier on in the documentary. We'll put up with them in this area of life because they can produce in the ring. This keeps coming up. And that's, that's exactly what I think continued to fuel Michael's not making any changes to the way he was approaching it yeah because I also, it was at
2: this time wasn't brett getting ready to go off to the to the the sunset with the no. lonesome dove that was the show that he go go yeah he thought it was yeah. good i remember off. that wwf magazine cover You're and right. i go what the fuck <laughs> is this i have no idea what's going on it's you've the worst this, cover like, of
0: all time you've but got but, but, this calgary
2: cowboy
3: Bobby, that's a great point, right? So Shawn Michaels gets the title, right? And Bret Hart's like, you know what? I'm going to go off and I'm going to try acting. I'm going to try doing other things with my career. And it doesn't work out, right? It doesn't work out. And he comes back. And he knew, kind of had a feeling he was coming back anyways, because they were planning this whole thing, right? But Shawn Michaels is there. He's got the title. And what is he going to do? Say, oh, yeah, Bret's coming back now. I have to drop the title to Bret. Like come on. I don't blame Sean here. Like you're at the top spot, you fought your ass off. This guy goes off to do TV's, TV, um t- TV shows and then wants to come back. It's the same thing as Hogan. Hogan did the same thing. So you can't tell me that Bret Hart had c- can sit here and say, "Oh, I'm this respectful guy." And then when Sean doesn't want to drop the title, I get Bret did it for Hogan. But I guarantee you, Bret was just as pissed off. So my thing is like, yeah, I don't blame Sean. Do I think he handled it right by, by all of a sudden, I know we're going to get into this because this brings Mm -hmm. up the next point is yeah. I just, oh, my my knee hurts. I can't, I have to yeah. drop the title. I get right. it. The way he handled it was not good, but that's Shawn Michaels. That's what made him great. He always gave you the the subliminal, like, fuck you, without actually going and saying, fuck you, you know?
2: <laughs> was it actually subliminal when he told you it was it was not to suck his <laughs> dick? I yeah. don't really think that
3: was all that subliminal. I guess, but on TV it was. Yeah. He never came pretty never on TV straight out, like showed the disrespect for Brett. He blamed it on his knee injury. I lost my smile, you know, like this whole thing. So, but plus you had the pressure, like you're, you're sitting there taking all this pressure as the, the, the top dog in a spot where you're this small guy and you no one's ever had the title like this it, 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 at this point, like this, you feel the pressure from WCW with Hogan now and Brett leaves to do acting and whatever, and then wants to come back. And where she's supposed to drop the title to him? I don't blame Sean for being pissed off. Like, I really don't, I don't think he handled it well, but at the end of the day, like I don't blame him. He just he just handled it differently
2: than Brett handled it with Hogan. That's but I think this goes back to that backstage bullshit with the click. So so when when you're getting ready to hear that, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna basically give every one of my boys that match to because at that point, and if you remember, in one of our previous episodes, we were talking about this with Owen. Brett used to fight Owen because the purse that was associated with fighting a champion. Right? Yep. Yep. So 100%. so now all of a sudden the money's circling around just in that click. And that's enough to make a whole locker room toxic because you got four guys trying to run the whole Absolutely. show. Absolutely. So, but at the same point, like he took action when Brett didn't take
3: action. Like when Brett was in some a similar situation with Hogan, Brett just said, You know what? Yeah, I, I gotta drop the title. I'm doing what, what Vince says to do. Whereas Sean said, Fuck that. I'm going to take action. We're going to have this click of four people. I can't do it on my own. But if I get in there with four people and I can control it, why not? I get to control the money. I control creative. I can do all of that. And why wouldn't you? If that's your defense mechanism to be able to do it, I'm not saying it's right. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I'm just saying, from yeah. his perspective, it makes a lot more sense. And I think there was a part of him, you know, Brett will always tell you, like, it's all about respect. Like, you do this a certain way. And I agree. But Brett got fucked when he did that. Think about it with the Hogan yeah, situation. Well, of course he, did. he got fucked. So, like, I think that even he got added more to the too. fire that he's like, Sean found a way to kind of do this, and I didn't. And I did it the right way. And this guy's being an asshole,
0: but I don't blame Sean. I don't blame Sean well, when it's about money. Yeah, Sean did see some results, but Brett also Brett got fucked again with Sean with the whole lost my smile thing. So, yeah. I mean, he did what Michael's the way Michael just approached approach business and what you just said about how much like that, that, that was just Sean Michaels. Well, yep. guess what? Like that fucked over Brett, too. What did Brett do? Did. there? Brett didn't do yeah. anything. So it's right. so Michael's caused a lot of this too. Like Oh, I don't I don't this, disagree. Especially in 97 when he pulls that bullshit, right? So quick, but, well, and,
2: go why don't you explain it cuz I know where we're So yeah, I know. We're, we're, so, yeah, we're, we're kind of getting ahead we, of ourselves. We we are, but I have one quick teaser. Okay. And that goes into we were talking about, you know, um the wrestlers who who got who were getting screwed throughout this whole time. But one of the casualties of this whole warfare was Yokozuna. Sure. Yokozuna totally got hosed. He was the first Samoan who at the time nobody knew was Samoan to lose his title within fucking, what was it, 90 seconds of owning it or something absolutely ridiculous. But I digress because we're going to have a whole episode Of heavyweights. Yeah, I, uh, we, Bobby always,
3: Bobby always finds a way to bring a big guy in here, (laughs) even when we're not even talking about him. (laughs) So I think this next episode that we have about big guys, it's just going to be like 90% Bobby Stone because. (laughs) Yeah, we're just going to let him go. Yeah. But, but
0: no, go go ahead, Mike. Let's explain what happened. In 1997, you start seeing WWF is kind of behind in the ratings. At at this point, the NWO was well-established in WCW. So. One of the things that Vince McMahon is becoming open to at this moment is pushing the envelope, the the attitude era, if you will. It's kind of where you start seeing the seeds truly planted for it. And part of that is blurring the lines of what was real, what was meant as a storyline. You know, it was all of this to kind of get a grab, people to to question, oh, is that real or not? And then you buy tickets because you're going to go see the show now. Um And part of that kind of came out in the promos that people were cutting on one another. They were getting a bit more visceral. They were getting a bit more personal and hitting way close to home. And when you already have this concept to start pushing the envelope, blurring the lines between reality and work, and then you're mixing that in with the promos, it makes it really difficult to parse out what, you know, what is what and kind of leads further into Brett and Sean, particularly working themselves into a shoot you think about uh some of the this this whole like retirement thing when hbk says he lost his smile right and brett doesn't buy it he thinks it was so this was kind of a big factor in, in them sort of kind of heating up the the resentment between the two of them in the interview they both try to like hash this out again and and again michael's kind of like he he doesn't have a great defense for it i think in his mind he's like oh no i've always had kind of knee issues and you know there's always some pain there but one of the things that pisses brett off is so he so he walks away the title match is off uh we all know kind of how WrestleMania 13 pans out and and brett ends up having an all-timer with stone cold and and i think we all agree that it's a fantastic match but michael shows up at wrestlemania (laughs) despite losing his smile so one knock uh within like the next month or so he's kind of coming out and he's doing fucking backflips off the turnbuckle while claiming that his knee is injured <laughs> and then it's like uh brett's like what the fuck is going on like you're saying that your knees hurt so like what w- which one is it you know and and michael says well you know it's part of my insecurity that i was just trying i was angry i was miserable and you know i had this chip on my shoulder so he goes out and he's like being an asshole, he's kind of basically hurting himself to try to prove a point, is what he was saying. And yeah. Brett still kind of doesn't buy it. Of course he doesn't. And
3: again, it goes back. It's it's Shawn Michaels saying Fuck you. If you're going to take the title again, I'm not going to help make you money. And he knows he can make them money because their matches are the best. Okay. And he's not going to do it. So he thinks he's going to go in there. This is my opinion. He's, Shawn Michaels won't come out and say this. But he's going to go in there and think Brett has, has to work with whoever. And they're going to have a shitty match. And Shawn Michaels is going to go and steal the show again and prove the point that I'm the better than Brett and I don't need Brett, and I should have the title, and he's not going to make money with me because I should have the title. And that's, that's Shawn Michaels. That's how he is. That's how he was. He was, at this point, not in a great state of mind. Things were starting to heat up there where he's doing drugs and, and drinking a lot of alcohol. So, like, I get it. I get all of that. It was just a perfect storm. But, again, at this point, too, you got to remember, like – so this whole thing goes down and they're fighting backstage and they're you know, you don't know what's real, what's not real. Well, at this point, what's happening? WCW slowly gaining momentum. So the pressure's mounting even more in WWF, mm-hmm. right? So so at that point, Vince McMahon, who had loved Brett like a, a son, actually gave him a 20 year contract, right? And basically yeah. gave him his word at that point and basically came to him and said, Hey, look, you know, we're, we're running out of funding here. I don't have the money to pay you on this. I think cause there was a point right before Brett came back when he was doing those TVs before, you know, after Shawn Michaels won at WrestleMania 12 where WCW offered him a contract mm-hmm. and it was a lot of money. And, um, Brett said, said, no, he told Vince and Vince kind of countered and gave him this 20 year contract. Um, and, and, and um, so all of this happened, there was a lot of, a lot of fighting going back and forth and, and the money wasn't really there to some degree. And, and I don't know that Brett loved the way that the reality, uh, although, although he was like a, he, although he was like a big part of it and he did really well with it. Like mm-hmm. he didn't love the reality aspect of it all and, and kind of the raunchy nature so kind of all those things combined like Vince basically said, you know, hey, I think you should go. I can't honor this contract. You should go back to see if WCW can give you that money. And so Brett does and they say yes and so it it, it was kind of like one of those things this is where it set up everything and and Vince was still pushing Brett. Brett was champion at the time. So this is where it sets up the uh the the whole Montreal, Montreal. screw job. Yeah. And so
0: Go ahead. I, I just want to say even before that, again, like it Michaels continues to get enabled throughout this whole thing. And I Got find it. that to be the most interesting part of this, Of this, really, more so than even what Michael's doing. It's the fact that management, which which doesn't get really brought up a lot in this whole rivalry. You know, we think it's like it's either Sean or Brett. But, you know, like Vince McMahon is the one running the fucking show over there. Yeah. Like that's never been in doubt. So let's not forget that he enabled a lot of this bullshit from him. Course he did, and it comes back to that fucking quote from the beginning. It does because he was good, All they about just money. kept letting him put up with this. bullshit. And so maybe they had reservations too about whether that knee injury was legit or whether his sure. smile was actually lost. But they just let him go, they just let him do whatever he wants. And so I can totally understand from Brett's perspective, like why that would piss me off. Of course. Like, Are you fucking kidding me? Like, yeah, this guy is just doing whatever he wants, and you just keep letting him do it. And throughout the whole interview, throughout the Shawn Michaels documentary, they Vince says it. He says, you know, he's talked to me like a lot of superstars would never get away with. Right. Already, you know, was whether or not you think Vince treated Brett like a son, that was his kid. Right. And I agree and with that because got shown and And that was a big factor in all of this.
3: Yeah, there was a quote in the JR podcast, Grilling with JR, and they do a really great episode on Shawn Michaels and and JR does a great job explaining this, but JR says that Vince looks at Sean as like his son and he sees mm-hmm. a lot of himself in Sean Michaels. So when you see that and you have a guy like like Vince who's basically bred from the same cloth as Shawn Michaels, just he may not have the athletic ability, but the mindset's still the same, right? Like he'll do whatever it takes to get to the top. He doesn't care. and Vince loves those types of guys. He loves those guys. Like that's mm-hmm. how he is. And so Sean would tell him straight to his face, yell at him, but he also knew the passion and how good of a worker Sean was. So I think Sean had a big edge over a lot of other people in that aspect. and um, and so, but it leads up to this the screw job, right? Where mm-hmm. right? So we know we're going into to Survivor Series, Brett's the champion. And, um, there's been instances before because there's a lot of pressure from WCW where Vince can't let Brett leave with the title because it just, it does, it does terrible things for the company and the worth of that title. And while I believe that Brett would have done the right thing, Brett did not want to lose to Shawn Michaels because of the, the at this point, the hatred is so high they really hate each other. They had a segment on Raw where they talked about sunny days. And it was a whole segment about how Brett was cheating on his wife with Sunny, and he brought it up on TV because Shawn Michaels didn't give a fuck. He wanted to piss Brett off as much, much as he could. They hated each other. Yeah. And so this whole thing led to this, 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 this thing where, where Brett was like, you know what? I've done everything I can for Shawn Michaels. We've had this big rivalry, but I don't want to lose to him. My contract is set to expire the day after uh, Survivor Series. You know what, Vince? Let me win against Sean in Montreal, my hometown, which is a big thing for Brett. He loves the respect. And then I'll drop the title the next night on Raw. You have my word. Or I'll, I'll forfeit it or drop it however you want me to do. I just don't want to lose it to Shawn Michaels. And Vince was kind of in a weird position because he knew Brett held the power. His contract expired. He was champion. I don't know how he let it get to this point, to be honest with you. I really yeah. don't. But... Then so they go in there and um, you know it goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and um,
0: I mean I, I I don't know what what are your thoughts on this point going in there? Well, what's what's quite like serendipitous about this whole thing is that the documentary Wrestling with Shadows was actually filming yeah. from 1996 through the Screwjob, which was yeah. kind of wild that this was happening, and. Brett actually wears a mic going into that final meeting with Vince. And and let's, let's for a quick second, just look at some of the context of, of a little bit, a couple other things that were happening up until Survivor Series. You know, the mistrust continues to grow between the two of them. Michaels makes that statement about not wanting to, to put anybody over, which just further pisses off Brett. They end up actually getting in a in a fight. I think they said it was like in Hartford, Connecticut. They end up getting in some fight backstage where they're like all over each other. They have multiple sit-downs with Vince and other people in management to try to, like, get things squared away. Nothing works. They are just at each other's throats at this point. And they've kind of, again, they've worked themselves into this. Where they have created this whole situation where neither one of them really likes the other one. And so that creates the mistrust. And whenever one of them makes a shitty decision, the other one's jumping all over it. And so now we get to Survivor Series. We're in Montreal. Brett is meeting with Vince. That night and you and we can hear if you watch wrestling with shadows you hear the whole audio where they agree to a plan they come up with the plan to have like a basically a double dq it's a whole schmazz at the end where the heart foundation and dx come out and then the next night on raw he was going to come out and just relinquish the title and so vince agrees to do it and then you know cut back to the interview with sean and brett and you know they they met they talk about how Sean, Vince, and Triple H were in a room together afterwards. And the idea comes up to just kind of take the title off of Brett because in their minds, he doesn't want to do business, which I do understand, which is true, right? And and <laughs> what's funny is this y- that year started with Michaels doing the exact same thing.
3: I think it's a little bit different here, though. The difference yeah. is you got yeah. a guy going to WCW, your biggest competitor, who's winning in ratings right now, by the way. Right. And you have a chance of the empire that you started, which basically took out every wrestling territory in the nation, right, is now possibly coming to an end. They were in a bad financial shape at this point. Very bad. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of pressure under Vince. Do I, you know, do right by a guy who I love or do I risk the future and risk the future of everybody else in this locker room or do i have to do what's necessary to keep my business alive and so at that point the the hatred between sean and brett was so high that vince had to go and and at this point like listen i I can honestly tell you and i i don't know vince mcmahon by any means but i can tell you based on everything we've heard and listened to vince had a ton of respect for brett he was brett's you know and and so for him to be able to come out and, and do what he did at Survivor Series uh, shows you how much that hatred was still there between um, Brett and Sean. And the problem here is you have a guy who's trying to save his business and another guy who has done everything and put his heart and soul into helping this guy grow his business now have to leave. So I, I, I'm i on, on this one as much as I love Brett Hart. I am on team Vince McMahon on this as much as possible. And again, Sean will tell you in all of his documentaries that he doesn't necessarily say that he was behind it and doesn't doesn't necessarily agree with it, but I think he had to do what was
0: necessary because he it was it was going to kill his career too. Well, it's it's funny though because it, WWF also had no problem being on the like the receiving end of somebody leaving of another organization with their championship and coming over. Of course they didn't. Though. Remember when Ric Flair showed up? Yeah, of course. He was course. wearing the fucking WCW championship. But that's why. That... And and but but here's what I'm saying though. Like so, they had no problem being the organization that took it. Like oh right, I'm of course they didn't, but, but that's that why out. I think he would but <laughs> I think
3: but I think that's why he was even more adamant about not allowing it to happen because he well, saw what he did. Of
0: course. I and, and I don't disagree. But I with think that. that doesn't put a that that is, you know, talking about how much Vince loved Brett, like why did he not trust him enough? Why why what what made you think in anything that Brett had done throughout his whole career that he would actually disrespect the business like that? When in actuality, the guy that you were about to put the title on had actually shown more examples of that than Brett did. It's and a good point. In my opinion.
3: It's a good point, Mike, but I just if I'm the owner of business that's at this point losing money, mm-hmm. I'm doing everything I can to survive. And I don't want to lose. And Vince is a very competitive guy. Obviously you know that. And he hated Ted Turner at that time. Yeah. Hated him. Yeah. Hated him. So why would he even take the chance of someone doing that? Yeah, that's the
1: thing. Uh well two things. Number one, I don't think he didn't trust Brett. I think he didn't trust Eric. Eric Bischoff. I can see that. I you see know, that. number one, number two. I think Vito says he's Team Vince McMahon in this whole thing. I, I think he's the ultimate cause of the whole thing. Mike and Bobby, yeah. what do you think of this take? It's kind of a lukewarm kind of shitty take, but I'm going to tell you anyways.
2: It, it it's Go not, it. and and I'll and I am normally Team Vince, a hundred percent.
0: Yeah, Bobby, we know he's on your Mount Rushmore, okay? Hold on. So- let me let
1: me give you the take first. Hold on. I'll let you finish, Bob. Right after. This is it. This is my take, Bob. Vince was to blame because he didn't take a hard enough stance with Bret Hart. You're the boss. Tell Bret Hart what's going to happen, and that's what's going to happen, number one. Number two, you can't pull this bullshit behind his back in the ring in front of everybody.
0: No, that's extremely embarrassing.
2: So what we've been talking about this whole time through has been respect in the ring, Mm -hmm. respect, uh, and that's exactly what Sean never showcased. Vince was supposed to showcase respect, and here is in Calgary, this man wanted to do it in his home. You're talking about a business who is pissing out money losing it left and right. So they go up to where they don't go to anymore in Canada because now they get booed out of the fucking country. They were going up there and you embarrassed Canada's finest. You could have did it in Ottawa, not in his hometown. He wanted to drop the, uh, he wanted to drop the belt anywhere else. He still had almost 60 days of that contract before he was going to go to WCW. You're telling me you couldn't have dropped the belt anywhere else. No, you wanted to screw him. You pissed him off. You disrespected him. And quite frankly, it was utter shit all the way around. And the fact that they all went in after they had that conversation and Sean was like, I'll do whatever you want to do, pal. Fuck you. Well, I hot take Bobby
0: Stone. Hot fucking take. Yeah. No, I, Bobby, I, that's a great
3: point. Um, I'll tell you that the thing I didn't agree with is, well, it, well, here's the thing, right? So you have the screw job and this whole thing goes down. It's like a big controversy, probably the biggest controversy. It, it listen, it's not the first time this has ever happened, by the way, right? No. This isn't the first time this has ever happened. <laughs> <Wendy> but, <Richter. laughs> right. So, but let's, let's, let's think about this for a second. Right. So, this all happens. Brett has a clause in his contract. He, no, no, he couldn't be on TV for a certain amount of time with WCW. Um, Okay. So they do the deed, whatever, everything happens. And it was this big controversy. And, you know, that is the last time, unfortunately, the fans ever get to see Shawn Michaels with Bret Hart. Okay. But that made this rivalry so much better. Like, it's like, it, it almost forced WWF to like, not overplay something right because the the rivalry was done and i think Mm -hmm. that gives this so much even more mystique this whole rivalry but so but the things that 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 make me even laugh harder is if 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 Vince McMahon. So listen, I'm team Vince McMahon on this one. I love Brett, but I, I think he had to do it this way. But then he goes on. If he has the respect for Brett that he says he does, why does he continue? If you watch the Raws afterwards, it's like, they don't stop mentioning this screw job for months nope. and they go on. And then Shawn Michaels does the whole interview. He's like, Brett's coming out and they got the, the, the midget wrestler that comes out as Brett Hart. And like, they just yeah, the, make fun of him. They, on Raw. He- they, They bash his family. Like they just, they, they never treated him with that type of respect. So it's like this really, it's almost like like they knew Brett would always kind of be the better man. So they just took, they took advantage of it. But I will tell you this right now without that whole thing, the best thing that came from this rivalry and that that screw job is Vince McMahon became the biggest heel WWF ever had. And it was a natural thing progression which then set up stone cold and the best run you'll ever see which then skyrocketed WWF over WCW
0: that's just a pretty large personal toll of to course take. it is you know what i mean well, like does well, it like you hear all that and like yeah that's great business wise but like as a fucking human being like 100%. that's really shitty
1: right? 100% you kind of left uh
0: left like, everything in tatters just it's a, really no wonder that people like, take Brett's side on it, though. Like, look at everything that happened afterwards. Mm-hmm. That's it's awful. Well, it, Brett's very
3: well respected.
0: I, and yeah. listen, I love
3: listening to him talk because he goes, he talks about wrestlers, and I, I love every second of Bret Hart. Don't get me wrong. But this, this, this whole thing is just, yeah. uh, it, 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 it is one of the, it's like one of the best and worst things to happen in yeah, history, right. Yeah. Like I, I loved it, but I hated it because it it from a personal standpoint. But um, but okay, so should,
1: I know we we're keep moving.
0: Should we, should yeah, we, yeah, we gotta keep <laughs> guys, moving here. In, in November 1997, for years. But hold
1: on, uh, guys, we, we've we've pretty much we've done 92 to 97, right, Mikey Cash?
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: Or actually, earlier than that to 97. We're getting very low on time here. We're about an hour That's in. Yeah. Um, Why don't we do this? Let me, let me see what you guys think of this. We will – let's cut it now, right? We can maybe do the aftermath of uh, some shit next week or something. But what do you think – final thoughts on who is your guy, Brett or Sean?
3: Well, I think I think let's just quickly talk about the 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 ending real quick on how this happened because I think we can wrap it up pretty quickly. We've we've gone to the bare bones of what everything, Dango. Oh, I, I I'd rather keep everything on one podcast even if we're over a little bit of time here. I what think, else do you have to cover? Just basically, so th- this goes on for years, Mango. Right, and and so there's this mystique where Brett versus Sean, and like Sean goes into to to Montreal, and you know he's got this toll of being the guy that screwed Brett, and it's this heavy weight on both mm-hmm. of them, right? It's this heavy weight, and so years go on. WCW goes out of business. Brett's run there is terrible, and I'll tell you, the rivalry between the two of them. Brett's career was never the same afterwards, and it sucks mostly because of injuries. But it's like this this whole thing just was, was terrible, but it's talked about. And I think the biggest draw is to see them kind of, kind of, um, kind of just reconcile everything. Mm-hmm. So years go on, Brett's older,
2: Brett has a stroke and you know, he's injured a lot. Can we and- pause on that for a second though? Yeah. I-, I know we're we're tight on time, but if we're going to talk about a stroke, that stroke was caused by stress that mm-hmm. came on, because of the screwdrop. You're talking about years of just stress, disdain, and, and and to the point where your body couldn't take it anymore. Vince screwed him so fucking bad that the man had a stroke, and it wasn't just because of the business. It wasn't just because of the work. I and that's probably why it kind of sickens me the way everything went down. You could have did it in fucking Ottawa, but you gave the man a stroke instead. Yeah, that's a good point, Bobby. Yeah. So
0: it, it, uh, what, one other piece that that's interesting here, and uh, look at the timing of when this all happened. It's really weird because we talk about like the contrast of Brett and Sean. Brett has his stroke in 2002. 2002 is also the year that Michaels comes back to wrestling and begins the second blossoming career that he has right where he's this new person it's just i I don't know if there's any significance behind it but i just thought i would mention that it's very odd that that was the time it happened and and it's just kind of leads more to like you said the mystique of this strain this this wild rivalry between the two of these guys
3: well, yeah, and I mean Brett Brett's brother passed away too in the it's ring. So there's the whole there's just a the whole so slew much. of things. But moving on, like I I know we're short on time. I I, I want to get this all in one episode. I think it'd be better to cover it all in one. We talk about Brett and Sean all the time. And I want to kind of wrap this up so we can move on to bigger and better things. But the uh so they reconcile. Brett's wanted to kind of bury the hatchet uh for, for multiple years and wanted to come back and never could. So 2010 comes. And, um, you know, you see Brett go in the hall of fame, you see him do all these different things. It comes out with the DVD. So you can see him mending his relationship with Vince and wants to come back and kind of cement his legacy in WWE. It's kind of past his prime to wrestle. He's not going to put on very many matches, but the big thing is kind of doing this whole thing with Sean. I posted the video on our TikTok, um, a, a snip, a snippet of it when he comes back at raw, but I watched it again today. And it just like, it, it gave me, it just was great. It was great. And apparently they had not talked to each other since the screw job until they were in the ring. And it was a it was good. It was good. You could see in Brett's eyes like he still hated him, but he was willing to do this. And Sean kind of felt the same way. And um, it was good. They did the DVD. It was a great way to kind of uh, take the the, the stress yeah. off Brett, take the stress off Sean, get get a superstar that deserves his legacy cemented in WWE back in there. And they've been on good terms since then. And and now we get to relive Brett Hart's run in WWF. And could it have been different? Yeah, that's the yeah. question. We'll always see this. But Mango, to answer your question, okay. Now that we've kind of wrapped things up, Team Sean, Team Brett. Okay, I'm both okay, I, I am I am probably more team Sean in the performance aspect of wrestling. But I also am more Team Brett in the um, the kind of the the respect factor. I I I cherish people who do things the right way. But Sean just was such a good wrestler. There's a reason that he stayed in the WWE for so long. And you can go back and listen to our Hbk podcast and ta- it uh, it talks all about his second run. But like, there's a reason people put up with how much of a shitbag he was for that few years in '96, '97, because he was so good. Like, he was just so good. I mean, there was an interview the other day where Undertaker came out and basically said, you know, we weren't friends. I hated Sean. But they had a chemistry in the ring that was so good, it was undeniable. Like, they never rode together. They never did anything. So there's a reason people would put up with him because he drew money and he knew how to do it. And
0: so that's the big thing. Well, uh, I am Team Brett all the way. I think the whole – what exactly what Vito said – it it in wrestling, I think that's it sends the wrong message. So you can be absolutely shitty, but if you're good, you can just keep getting away with it. And I think that's that's what I take away from it. And and I I get people probably not going to agree with me that are listening to this, but like there's got to be some fucking consequence to the things you do. And you know, Michael's probably it seems like he had that outside of the ring. He had a lot of stuff that happened to him outside. But you know, I just I feel like Brett. Even though had his, he definitely has his role in this whole thing. I'm not saying that he's absolutely innocent, but I just, I'm, I'm Team Brett. One thing
3: I'll say, just to kind of wrap it up too, um, is that we don't always get the chance when something like this happens to see a result that happened, like, like Sean Michael oh, no. did. Okay, no, a lot of all. times when people go down that path of drugs and alcohol, and they're in that bad of a position, we don't get to see them come back into a redemption story. No, we're reading and Sean Right, so the fact that we were able to see a great rivalry, stuff went wrong, mm-hmm. okay, and then you get a redemption from Shawn Michaels um, to come back and have that second part of his career, and then Brett actually allows him to apologize, and we can kind of wrap everything up. It's yeah. a once in a lifetime
0: type of thing, no? Like,
3: and and it 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 actually is is very good to see all of that. So, it, like, I, I'm happy we got that.
0: So. Yeah. No, no, I, and listen, I'm I'm glad that they reconciled too. I do think it's a powerful moment. It, it gave me chills, and it, when they talk about it, you can see how much it meant to the both of them to finally be able to put all of this shit behind them and to just move
2: forward. So, so with that, yeah, absolutely. So I, I think you guys have figured out which team I was on pretty quickly, <laughs> uh, but I actually I, I lean Brett, but I love them both. Uh, Sean, I think was just fantastic in the ring. I think as a part of the new generation, as a collective, they were both catalysts and brought them, brought the WWF to, to, to a point where we could start to respect and enjoy the smaller wrestlers as well, because it wasn't supposed to all be the end all be all the big wrestlers. They brought nothing but uh fantastic chemistry and uh, they were, they they were technicians in the ring. They were crafty as all hell, and could make you could just see them do things that were revolutionary in the business. So to that, I say, love them both. Fuck Vince.
3: Thank you, Brett. I'm gonna have to. We're gonna have to quote that. He said it's not all about the big wrestlers. You guys all heard that, right?
2: Uh, although true, I still, <laughs> love, I still love me some Yokozuna. <laughs>
1: All right, great great uh great job guys. Uh, I guess we'll wrap it up here.
3: Thanks. Well, who do you have, Mango, before you wrap it up? Who do you have? Who's you didn't really uh say. I think I, I think I know where you're leaning, but give us give us your take too.
1: You know, coming into this, I was a little bit on the fence because uh growing up, I was always a Brett guy. But you can't deny Sean's ability, all that other shit. And after hearing everything today, uh I'm back on team Brett. So I, <laughs> I was thinking about the the only Perfect. time the only time I think I ever rooted for Sean in my life was WrestleMania 11 when he was facing uh, Diesel because I fucking hated Diesel. And uh, but I just Brett's always been my guy. You know, other than Hogan, he was the next guy growing up. I loved his fucking theme music. I love the sharpshooter. I loved his colors I loved his look I loved his hair I always wanted to be the guy That was going to get the sunglasses But I was never close enough I was always in the last row Not the first row Um, And so that's my two cents I don't I can't say I hate Shawn Michaels But uh, I respect him But uh, thank you Brett Can we get a little Thank you Brett chant going Thank you Brett
0: Brett. Thank Thank you you, Brett. Brett
1: Fuck Shawn Michaels
2: So Brett is the champion of strutting from gorillas? Battle of the amazing records. Yeah, and you
3: know if if, these, if the listeners feel differently, you can always tweet at us, right, guys? I mean, we'd love to know. I, mm-hmm. I mean, listen, I would love some support on this. Uh, so if you if you can tweet at us, if you like Shawn Michaels, give us your thoughts at uh, from underscore gorilla on the Twitter machine. That'd be great.
1: Yeah. Thanks, guys. Great episode. We're gonna wrap it up like a uh, like a uh, well, I don't know like a penis.
2: All right, we'll see you. Forty six eighty one is our stock price. Needed to throw that in at the end. We now return your perception of reality to you. Until next time.